Law Focus Podcast. Law Focus, handing you your rights. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Law Focus. My name is Melissa Ndiweni and I am joined in studio by my colleague attorney. Uh, my name is Tabu Mohabi. And together we will be your voice of law for the evening right here on VAUFM 88.1. Tonight we're going to discuss unfair dismissals in the workplace and the recourse of such unfair dismissals. Of course we'll yeah. be looking adds the legal intricacies, the ramifications, yeah. etc. Rights and recourse. Rights and recourse. Yeah. And to help us in this conversation, we will be joined by labor lawyer from Legal Aid South Africa, Ms. Jabulile Duba. And of course, we don't just look at the legal technicalities, we also look at the ethics and more of the human side yeah. to our discussions and that's what the effect on the individual absolutely say, yeah. so for that we're going to get that analysis by Newo Matlako who is a staff member at the law, Vitz law clinic and he is responsible for student training and mitigation yeah yeah uh, I, th- I think that'll be a very interesting uh, conversation because uh, we're looking at it from two different sides and two slightly different points of view and uh, I think we could we could learn quite a bit tonight. Now of course this wouldn't be a conversation without your input and if you wish to join the conversation you can send us a tweet at, at VOWFM using the hashtag LawFocus you can also send us a voice note on the WhatsApp number which is uh, 084078 but of course, we cannot continue the conversation without first talking of the biggest, hardest legal stories of the week. And this is our legal hotspots. Law Focus on 88.1. Point of information. So we see that former president Jacob Zuma is back in court, the case at in high courts for corruption, racketeering yeah. <laughs> and money laundering charges. You so, shouldn't laugh. Yeah, surprise, surprise. Well, we're, we're back here 10 years later and we're still here. Right. Yeah. And yeah. he's saying that this is just a propaganda agenda against him, unfortunately. And um, he's got a new... Uh, attorney, he's got new attorneys and, and, and legal team and there's nothing new really that they're going to say well you never know but I mean all of this sounds very 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 familiar I mean it's it's been going on for a very long time throughout his presidency it was hanging over his head and uh, again he's going for the same type of um, argument that there, there is sort of uh, unfair or, or illegitimate motives for, yeah the ammunition is basically you know, the same and he he's going to ask for a stay in prosecutions meaning that the case must be completely taken off, struck yeah, yeah, out, and yeah. it must, he must never be charged again prosecuted, yeah. and prosecuted. I mean, that's what but I mean, the charges are very serious, and there are numerous charges. So, and considering uh, also that the prosecutor in this case is the same prosecutor who got Shabir Sheikh convicted. I wonder <laughs> whether Mr. Zuma will succeed. Yeah, we, well, you never know. I mean, this is South Africa and every day is a new day. So we'll see what happens with that. But hey, good luck to him. Drama. Yeah, yeah. And the next, I think, is a public uh, protector's report. And it's a damning finding on the public protector's report. So the High Court in Pretoria yesterday ruled that... Um, 
her work was basically in, uh, inadequate. There was the Frieda Dairy Farm project. I think it's a 340 million rand project with about 80 to 100 uh, beneficiaries, predominantly black beneficiaries. And when she published a report last year in February, um, she didn't come to very adverse findings uh, with regard to the project. And the court has ruled uh, that her report was basically highly inadequate it didn't take into consideration many things such as the views experiences considerations of those beneficiaries and considering that there are many many well quite a few uh, prominent people involved or implicated in this it's a very damning find absolutely and i mean it's so much money that was supposed to serve a good purpose that it did not i wonder if it's just poor work ethic on her side whether it's negligence on her part incompetence perhaps even <laughs> i don't know you don't want to yeah, well i mean you don't want to be unkind but this is not the first time that the court has found really really against the public prosecutor and considering that this is public funds we're talking about you would expect the report to be much more comprehensive and to take into account many many more of the uh, concerns that were raised absolutely. in the complaint absolutely i mean to go overseas now we have abortion new abortion laws in the states of alabama ohio missouri and georgia in the united states and this follows the u.s supreme court decision that was made last week so from now on what this means is you can no longer as a woman have an abortion because you want to have an abortion you can mm. only have an abortion if you are a woman at risk this seems like a rather archaic and retrogressive mm. um kind of decision that has been made by the courts uh, because in 1973 there was a case by Roe and yeah, Wade Roe versus Wade yes exactly the US Supreme Court. where they obviously said abortions will now be constitutional yes. and now they have completely made a U-turn on that it's so bad to the extent that even if as a woman you've been raped or you got, you fell pregnant by incest you cannot actually abort and doctors who mm. will help such women will face up to 99 years in, in jail that's yeah. an entire century yeah 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 i mean that's that, that, that's very interesting i i'm not sure that that will become I, the way i understand it at the moment is that that hasn't become the law in um, in alabama however i would be very very surprised if the law was passed the way that it's proposed now um, this is the position that most countries had, say, 50 or even 40 years ago. This was the position in many countries where the only way you could, a woman could get an abortion was if there was a risk to the health of the mother or the health of the baby. But, I mean, it's America and times are changing. We can see that conservative views are becoming far more popular so you never know what will happen but that's a very interesting development even the case of roe versus wade is even quoted in south african law when our abortion laws changed that was one of the um one of the cases that was mentioned it's that's a it, really precedence. groundbreaking case so Absolutely. we'll see we'll watch that closely and see how that goes yeah while you are tuned into law focus on vive m88.1 let us continue the show as we discuss dismissals in the workplace Bringing you the facts, handing you your rights. This is Law Focus. All right, well, this is a very emotive and quite an important topic. So, um, 
to help us to unpack it and discuss it, we've invited one of uh, we've invited a guest who is a labour lawyer from Legal Aid South Africa. Her name is Ms. Jabulile Duba, and she is from Legal Aid South Africa. Um, if we can get her on the line, we will as quickly. Perhaps um, we have to perhaps remember that. I mean, aside from your family and so on, your work is a big part of your life. It's so, literally your dignity. Yeah, you know, it's. I mean, you 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 get up and and, and every day and, and you spend eight or even more hours there, um, just to get just to get by. Yes. So it's very important to understand what's going on with your work. Um, what your rights are in the workplace, etc. You know, so and how dismissals really affect not just you as the individual, but the entire system from your family to obviously um, your even colleagues who, who who remain behind after you. Yeah. So hopefully, um, our guest can help us unpack this further better. All right, let's see if she's on the line. This is Miss Jabulile Duba. Hello. Hello. How are you, ma'am? I'm good, and you? I'm okay. Um, welcome to... Um, Law Focus. <laughs> welcome to Law Focus. Thank you for spending a bit of time with us today. Uh, my name is Tsepo, and uh, I want us to discuss um, the labor market and, and uh, labor law in South Africa at the moment, because it's such an important topic. So many of our um, listeners won't always understand the intricacies or even some of the simple things that are involved in labor law and the work environment. Yes. Okay. So let's start right at the beginning. Please tell us, you know, what would you say the purpose of an employment contract is uh, and why is it so important to have one? I know the basic conditions do dictate that you should have a written one where possible, but why is it so important and what's its purpose? Okay. It is important to have um, the em- the employment contract, yeah? mm-hmm. as it is a binding uh, agreement. Mm-hmm. which entails the terms of the job offer from the employer to the potential employee. And it covers the terms and conditions of the relationship that will exist between the two parties. Right, okay. So yes. what's expected of you and as an employee, what the employer also is expected to do would be contained in that contract, hey. Yes. Okay, good. Now, let's move on to uh, dismissals because, I mean, that will be the, 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 you know, where things get difficult, where things can get a bit, a bit ugly. Can you tell us perhaps what the different types of dismissals are? I know there's sometimes to do with, uh, you know, retrenchment and then there's other sorts of dismissals. So, broadly speaking, what would you classify the different dismissals as? Oh, okay. Uh, dismissal, if I can explain it like this, um, the employer can uh, dismiss you for a misconduct. Mm-hmm. They can also uh, dismiss you for operational requirements. Mm-hmm. And also uh, for 
incapacity or okay. poor work performance all right okay so misconduct is and in in and uh, the the second one which was operational requirements is with relation relates to retrenchment, retrenchment. okay yes. and, and then the other one would be either where you are ill and you can't work anymore or you actually not capable of doing the work is that correct Yes. Okay, no, that's good. Thanks. Now, when we speak of 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 of, of labour law and the rights surrounding labour law, you know, there are different categories of an employee. Some some of them are contract based. Uh, sometimes, you know, for a, a limited term contract. Some of them are permanent. Some of them are part time. Some of them are seasonal. Yes. Does the labour law? Um, sort of apply to all of them and do unfair dismissals in particular does it apply to all of those categories or not? Um, whether you are a permanent employee or a contract employee, when it comes to the issue of dismissals mm-hmm. uh, the act it applies equally okay. so if there's uh, issue about the dismissals it should be. It 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 should. It, it doesn't uh, differentiate between those employees. The procedure that needs to be followed there, it must be followed uh, equally to all the employees. Okay. So I mean, regardless of whether you're a, a fixed-term contract, a permanent, a part-time, seasonal, when it comes to dismissal, the rules are more or less the same for everybody. Is that what you say? Yes, okay. Okay. No. Good. Now we have the good, the 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 code of good practice, which uh, normally what we try to say is um, um, we should have a fair dismissal. And uh, can you tell us what would make a dismissal unfair? Okay. Uh, in terms of the good uh, practice, is that firstly if. Let's say an employee has committed an act of misconduct in the workplace. Mm, mm, mm. That's the, the common yes. yes. The employer has to issue that employee with a notice to appear before a disciplinary inquiry. Okay. Okay. Yes. And the notice should be at least 48 hours before the date. Okay. And at the inquiry, the employee needs to be given the opportunity to present his case he must also elect to be represented or he can speak for himself. Mm, mm, and mm. the inquiry, it should be before an independent chairperson who will take a decision based on the evidence that is being presented by the employee and the employer. Mm, okay, okay. So, I mean, when we talk about, when you talk about the notice and the um, um the the 48 hours as well as the ability to either be represented by somebody who's a fellow employee or to represent yourself i suppose that's the procedural fairness part of it is, is that right yeah, the that's the procedural fair. now let's move over to what they call substantive substantive yes. means there must be a good reason yes substantive that means that there must be a validly justifiable reasons why the employer is dismissing you. So meaning that the employer should prove on the balance of probabilities that indeed the employee has committed that particular act of misconduct. Okay, okay, good. And that's based on the evidence presented at the inquiry, eh? 
Yes. Yes, okay, all right, all right. And okay, can an employer fire you summarily on the spot? You know, yes. um, can they fire you summarily? So on the spot, they find you with your hands in the kitty, you're doing something wrong, it's obviously wrong. Can they fire you there and then? No, they cannot. Okay. That okay. would be procedurally unfair. Even if substantively it's, it's fair, it's still procedurally yes. unfair. They still have to, it's in terms of the law that the employer must follow the procedure. Okay. Uh, yes. I think before... Must, you must be... Uh, called into a disciplinary inquiry. Um, this is Melissa here, co-host to Tapo. Um, in the event that the employer did dismiss you and it has been found by the investigation to have been unfair, what recourse does someone in the situation then have? Okay. Uh, firstly, the employer needs to do uh, the investigation and the investigation is an inquiry leading to the whether the employee should be charged so it means that the the investigation the employer should uh, interview the employee's consent uh, and also gather a uh, documentary uh, evidence so then if it happens then that the employee is being a uh, dismissed uh, without a proper reason, then the recourse that the employee they have is that you can go and declare a dispute either at the CCMA or a particular relevant bargaining council depending on the sector which the employee is working. Oh, okay. okay. Makes sense. So there's always recourse to the CCMA or the bargaining council if you feel as though yes. you've been unfairly dismissed. Yes. Well, Thank you and very much. Uh, yes. Okay, for a second. And that uh, to refer those particular uh, disputes, the employee should be aware that it has to be done within a period of 30 days. Because after that, then you will have to make a condonation explaining why you didn't come within the specified period. Mm, 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 and that can complicate matters, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, okay, yes. that's 30, 30 days, not 30 working days, 30 days, eh? It's okay. Well, thank you very much. It's been very insightful talking to you. We appreciate your time and your your, your excellent input. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for inviting me. Good night. I think that's interesting. I'm I'm glad to hear, however, that all workers, whether you are part time or contract worker whatever sorts of work description mm. you have, everyone is actually protected by the Labor Relations Act with, you know, in terms of the whole uh, procedure for dismissals. I think that's really good. Sometimes yeah. we take it for granted. Yeah, yeah no, s- sometimes there's uh, uh, some, you know, uh, confusion around whether if I'm contract-based, I'm part-time, you know, all of that, or I'm just here for a short period of time that the the law doesn't apply to me. The employer can treat me any way I like, and that's not the case. No, absolutely I mean, you still not. need to be treated in terms of disciplinary actions and dismissals. You still need to be treated like everybody else, regardless of what your contractual basis for being there is. And those time frames that she mentioned are also very important. It's yes. most of us don't know these things. If you are not in the legal field, you wouldn't really know that yeah. you have to, <laughs> you know, within forty-eight hours, within thirty days, yes. you don't know all that information. But I think what is important is to then know that 
we do have bodies such as the CCMA yes. and other bargaining councils yes, yes. where as a worker who has been unfairly dismissed, you can actually go there, lay your complaints and put your evidence together so that you can get what is due to you. Well, th- th- that's that's assuming that you have been unfairly dismissed because there must still be a determination that you have in fact been unfairly dismissed. The mere fact that you refer a matter to the CCMA doesn't mean that you are unfairly dismissed. They'll make a decision about it. Absolutely. If your industry is a, is, is, has a bargaining council but you're not aware of it you may refer to the CCMA anyway if you do it within the 30 days the CCMA will then take it out to the relevant bargaining council once they pick up that it is a bargaining council matter so you shouldn't be afraid if you don't know uh, what your bargaining council is or if you belong to a bargaining council refer to the CCMA anyway and the CCMA if they pick up that there's a bargaining council will send it through to the bargaining council. absolutely you are listening to law focus and let us continue our conversation as we discuss unfair dismissals remember you can send us a whatsapp voice notes on 084-078-4912 Bringing you the facts, handing you your rights. This is Law Focus. Okay, um, I think now that we've spoken to Ms. Duba about the technical legalities, the more straightforward kind of answers to, to unfair dismissals, it's important that we obviously analyze. You know, the law is not immune to being questionable the law we do speak of ethics as well we do have the human aspect the sociological philosophical kind of take on on the issues that we do discuss here on law focus and to help us analyze these issues we're going to be joined by a guest who is a staff member at the Wits Law Clinic responsible for student training and litigation and that is Mr. Newa Matlako thank you so much for joining us here on law focus so welcome Thank you, ma'am, for having me. Good evening, good evening, sir. Now, we do know that although we specifically address legalities of dismissals in the workplace, Mr. Matlako, perhaps we can perhaps begin firstly with briefly analyzing the whole work system. The problem surely doesn't start when an employee is dismissed. Often we perceive the treatment of employers to be totally disregarded by salary payers. Is it simply because employers have money, therefore they have power and the will to exercise it as they choose? Um, uh, let, let me first again uh, treat the, your, your listeners. Um, the, the issue of dismissal and the issue of, of work relations is a very complex matter. Uh, particularly because um, work relations, as it stands, is a contested terrain. So at one hand, you have employees who are seeking more from the employer insofar as their salaries are concerned and seeking better working conditions. And on the other hand, you have an employer who wants to maximize profit with less uh, production costs. And at the center of it all, again, you have the power, the power struggle between the two, whereby one wants to prove to the other that I'm in charge, I'm the boss, and what I say must, must go. And the other having the power to say that at, at any time I can withhold my, my, my services and bring your, your institution at, at the standstill. So, so that dynamic that happens in the workplace relationship, uh, especially in this tripartite relationship between employer and employee, as well as the trade union, 
is the one that that first must be understood. Mm. As is not as simple and straightforward as one would look from an outside. Absolutely. Mm, mm, mm. Power relations are important. And I think in South Africa, we do try to have progressive laws and institutions that are aimed at protecting everyone's rights, including those of the employees. We esteem the right to dignity and equality. We have the labor laws that we have, which are accompanied by other supporting legislation, such as the Basic Conditions of Employment Act. We have the CCMA, you know, all these processes that basically are trying to uphold basic human rights. How effective do you think are these laws, these institutions and processes in protecting employees? Yes, I'll speak from my position as a pro bono lawyer Mm. uh, to say that from the humble corner that I occupy, I try by all means to ensure that I defend the little man and try to effect the positive uh, changes that I can from for that person who, whose rights are being disregarded by a bigger man. Um, um, but I will not be naive to say that in the quest of doing that, um, I, I sometimes do not feel as if one is hard done by the processes of law, uh, by the processes or by the legislation itself, being your labor relations, being your employment equity act, in your basic con- conditions of employment act, or even in the constitution. But sometimes uh, I come across clients who, who have uh, good merits, who have solid merits, but who never know exactly what to do when the act that they are accused of happens. Mm-hmm. For argument's sake, you find or you come across clients who do not know about the issue of prescription to the effect that even after three years, mm-hmm. you're meta prescribed. In the labor sphere, it's even worse because we have institutions such as CCMA, whereby one should, or pardon cancer, whereby one uh, eventually, when dismissal has been effected, must refer the matter within 30 days. Mm. And you find this person not knowing that, and only approaching to your institution after three or four months. Yeah, mm. when the matter has prescribed. Yes, and you are in a position whereby now, you have to do a condemnation to this to these tribunals to say why this person's matter must be heard. But the reasoning for that person not bringing that matter within time period uh, not being sound. So you are in that situation whereby at times you are torn apart, uh, but being in the legal profession, um, 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 one who has a belief in, this, in, in, in the system, even though at times doesn't speak effectively, Mm-hmm. I think that's a very particular individuals. Yes. I think that's a very important point that you have raised, but how do ordinary people get to have this information that is so empowering for them? Who is supposed to be the one making sure that this is information that is public knowledge for everyone, whether you're a domestic worker or whether you're a lawyer at a law firm, to actually have this knowledge so that you are actually able to take decisions that are for your own benefit as an employee? Yes, let's maybe start by saying currently we are doing a great job in advancing that knowledge that these individuals need by having this type of a debate in your show. But but, but legislative employees are employers are required to have these pieces of legislation somewhere in our in their workplaces whereby employers will be advised about the rights that they have 
maybe the piece of uh, basic conditions of employment act, the employment equity act, the, the occupational health and safety act, yeah. somewhere in the work premises. So uh, for, for, for myself, I think this is the responsibility of not only the employers, but the uh, responsibilities of institutions as, as pro bono institutions and, and, and responsibilities of, of everyone, including all students who have um, who are members of community, uh, who are aware of the existence of this particular right, and who are embedded with the responsibility of ensuring that these individuals or ordinary individuals within the society are exposed to these uh, particular laws. So I would say international responsibility uh, is the responsibility of everyone. It's the responsibility of you having to have a conversation in a text when you are going home with other members or other people who are in the taxi to say that mm. under these circumstances, this is what you must do. This is a conversation that at times, even after doing your offerings at church, there must be a part and parcel of, of discussions about how things work at the workplace in order to dispense of this knowledge to everyone. Because the situation that I've been exposed to is very worrisome because you want to assist someone, but only to find out that this particular person only knew about your existence uh, after two odd years, which at the time, there's nothing more that you can do yeah. to assist yeah. that particular person. Yeah, yeah. And that's true. Yeah, I mean, sometimes then you find yourself in a situation you, where you actually have been dismissed unfairly. What are the steps then that you can take moving forward whether they want to go back to work or they want to be compensated, what are the remedies available? Um, this means um, happens exactly because this is one thing also that, that uh, listeners at home must, must understand. Immediately when an employer says to you, the employment relationship has ended between you and I, dismissals start to kick in. Then you are dismissed as an employee. Um, the law provides for two legs that the employer must abide with. That is the procedural aspect of the dismissal to say that dismissal must accord to the procedure as outlined in the workplace policy or procedure that is outlined by the basic, uh, by the Labor Relations Act, particularly the Code of Good Practice, Schedule 8. That is an employee must be notified of the offense that he has committed, be given a chance to um, um, uh, to respond to that offense and have someone who is independent to adjudicate on that particular offense. Um, and this speaks to the disciplinary hearing that will happen at the workplace. Yeah. But when the employee is accused about the outcome of the chairperson at the workplace, that is not the end of the story. In my experience, I would I have came across the situation whereby, and realization that if the employer wants to get rid of you at the workplace, the employer will simply do that. It matters not whether the employer is obligated to abide to the law or what. The employer will get rid of the employee. But institution or tribunals such as CCMA and Bargaining Council provide for a saving case for these active employees whereby their matters will be heard de novo. That means their matter will be heard afresh. But they have a time period. That is, they must refer this matter 
after exhausting the internal processes of the company within 30 days to bargaining council or to CCMA, within which, uh, in that 30 days, the bargaining council or CCMA mm. will finish the employee or accrued employee with a date for conciliation. Mm. Conciliation is the process whereby the commissioner at CCMA attempts to conciliate or bring the parties together <coughs> in, a, in a quest of ensuring or ascertaining as to whether settlement cannot be reached. And in a process whereby conciliation does not, uh, um, uh, is not successful, then the employer, the employee, sorry, has got an obligation to refer the matter to arbitration. And that must be done within 90 days. So if the matter is being conciliated and conciliation was not successful, the commissioner will issue the, the employee with the certificate of non-resolution. So the, the certificate of non-resolution is a ticket that will ensure that the matter is set down again for arbitration. But that must be done within 90 days of mm. conciliation. Okay. And the remedies that you have referred to uh, is, is divided into two. So you have dismissal that are referred to as a normal dismissal. So you have been unfairly dismissed for this particular matter. Uh, the remedies that are kept insofar as Labor Relations Act is concerned is 12 months. So if you are successful at CCMA, the commissioner might grant you uh, compensation that that range between one, that range between any amount to 12 months. So that will be the maximum. But you have another type of dismissal that is referred to as automatically unfair dismissal. So these are type of dismissal that are conducted or that happen as a result of um, infringement of the rights of the employees. So these matters are specifically outlined in your section 187 of your Labor Relations Act. Uh, for argument's sake, if the employee is dismissed for doing union, for exercising any right for uh, pregnancy or reasons related to pregnancy, for making a protected disclosure in terms of the act and all such things. So if dismissal is found to have been automatically unfair, this is um, a type of a dismissal whereby compensation will be kept for 24 months. But there's a trick there, again. These are matters that CCMA do not have jurisdiction to adjudicate on. So what does that mean? It therefore means that after conciliation stage, uh, and after the commissioner has issued an employee with the certificate or parties with the certificate of non-resolution, then the accrued person or the accrued party, which will be the employee there, must refer this matter to the labor court for adjudication because simply uh, CCMA does not have a uh, jurisdiction to adjudicate on this particular type oh, okay. of dismissal. M- Mr. Masako, <laughs> thank yes. you for that. Uh, my name is Tsepumapi. I forgot to introduce myself a little bit earlier. I just want to take you back a little bit. Um, I'm also an attorney and I do a fair bit of labor law. And uh, now, when the matter is taken to the CCMA, in my experience, you st- I still find that the uh, the, the, the odds are stacked very heavily against the employee. And I say that because the employee arrives there. Although, yes, the burden of proof 
uh, is, is on the employer to prove that it was fair. That's the only benefit that the employee has. Then, But when they actually arrive there, they must arrive there with a bundle, which they often don't have of documentation. They must learn how to uh, cross-examine. They must learn how to re-examine. They must do an examination in chief. Things that the majority of our people don't know anything about. And often, and I'm not I'm not casting aspersions on, on commissioners, but they are sometimes not very useful or sympathetic. Sometimes even a language issue, you know, where something has to be translated from Isuzula to English because they arbitrate in English. Um, that also becomes an, an issue there. In your experience, is the CCMA um, really... Um, fulfilling its mandate to the best of its abilities given sometimes the real challenges that employees have even in arbitrating a matter at the CCMA? Um, um, the, the, the important thing, uh, and you, you raise valid, valid points and which are points that happen every time. Mm. And 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 the, the the fortunate part about about our system is that uh, the decision of the commissioner is not the the, the word from the Bible. Mm. Uh, the decision of the commissioner stand to be reviewed in an instance whereby one party is accused by it. And this is the beauty about our our legislation and mm. beauty about our our laws. Um, but 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 the important thing about these tribunals. Uh, and I'll come back to the issue of representation. The important thing about these tribunals is they provide an opportunity to 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 give uh, or to provide judgments or arbitration awards that are groundbreaking. Why am I saying that? Um, let's look for arguments in the case of Asai, which is Nusa. Mm. Um, the issue of 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 TES or temporary employment services would have not arrived at the apex court if it was not of the uh, progressive decision of the commissioner of CCMA mm, mm, in adjudicating mm. that. Yeah, correct, yeah, yeah. Um, but 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 uh, as we have correctly pointed out, uh, it is not to say that the CCMA does not have has flaws. Same as to say that the court of laws also do not have flaws, because the lawyer flaws, and lawyers time and again appeal the decisions of the court. Mm. So, 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 uh, it, it does have, 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 uh, the, the responsibility on CCMA is, 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 is onerous, correctly so, because at, at, at that level, um, um, and considering the Labor Relations Act and mm. why such tribunals are, are constituted, is to ensure that these individuals who do not have access to justice or primarily is to dispense justice quickly and effectively and without uh, any money. Too, too much expense, yes. 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 Um, and I agree with you there that at times the issue of, of representation, the issue of, of language barrier play a role there. Okay. Um, but, 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 but here is the beauty again about uh, the very same institution, because even though at CC at, at, at conciliation stage lawyers are not allowed, but in arbitration there is an application that one can make for lawyers to be admitted. That is, if dismissal is squarely on the issue of of misconduct. Mm. 
Yes, and, and, and or, or in capacity sometimes. Yes. 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 And, and 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 what 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 I must commend about what has been groundbreaking about CCMA now has been introduction or allowance of candidate attorneys to also be allowed to represent employees at CCMA yes. because this has 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 effect of ensuring that justice is accessed because at the lot need you have myself and Mr. Alex Nair, it's two of us, mm. and we'll have 60 employees coming in mm. and probably 10 wanting to be represented somewhere. Mm. But with previous rules, only admitted advocates and attorneys would yes. have approached CCMA. But yes. with the amended rules now, I can quickly instruct my candidate attorney to say, go and represent this particular employee at this particular tribunal. Specifically so to avert what we have said, to say that at CCMA, I know for the fact that my client will not know exactly what is an opening statement. Yes. Even to say what is the relief that I seek. Yeah. He won't you know be able to when you approach at CCMA, you want the compensation, restatement, or reemployment. All those things are foreign to this particular person. Yes, yes. Um, and, 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 and much more guidance is, is, is required. But this, despite these challenges, um, there has been a move on the right direction, I must say. Yeah. yeah. I think this is not a conversation that we can exhaust, but you have been very, very extensive, yeah. Mr. Matlako. It's very, very, very Yeah, absolutely. I think we'll call you again <laughs> to continue, you know, to wrap up the conversation that. further. But thank you so much for joining thank us. You. Thank right, you. Right, John Law Focus. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, okay. sir. Listening to Law Focus? Connect with VowFM88.1 on Twitter and Facebook. Be your own lawyer. Okay. I think, you know, that was a very interesting conversation that we just had with Mr. Matlako now about power relations and, you know, some of the processes that a lot of people don't know about. It's so unfair when you think about it, you know. But there is another side to it quickly um, before you step in there, Tepo, where we don't think about the people the ex-colleagues whom you would have left in your workplace, the effect of someone being dismissed on them, on the whole organization, on the ethos of the workplace, you know, the psychological um, effects of that. I think that's a very interesting angle that we should perhaps have Have a a take on. Quickly, I mean, you know, in my um, daily work, I will represent a lot of employees, but on occasion there are employers as well. And I know for a fact that sometimes the purpose of a dismissal is specifically to show other employees what will happen to you should you commit a similar offense. And that's not always a bad thing. You need a measure of discipline at the workplace. Spoken like a boss. (laughs) You need a measure of discipline at the workplace. And so although our, our... our law encourages a, a, a very uh, corrective approach to misbehavior. There are occasions on which the employer feels this is enough and I need to set an example. They then go through the whole disciplinary process and they will then dismiss the person for the specific purpose of stopping that type of behavior. Now, it, it, it sounds harsh, but I mean, I have employers who are clients who've lost a lot of money through certain behavior and they need to put a stop to it and the only way they can do that comprehensively immediately is to effect a dismissal yeah that's because capitalism is all about money at the end of the day (laughs) and i mean what power do 
workers actually really have, whether it's in trade unions, etc. What power do workers really have? I think this is an interesting conversation that we can even have right now. Tweet us on FM. Let's talk about at law focus. Let's talk about it. What power, if any, do workers have? But remember that um, there are the bargaining councils that are available to you. The CCMA is available to you if you are unfairly dismissed. Okay, and it is a free process. Uh, you don't have to pay to go to the CCMA, unlike going to, to court, which is inevitably very, very expensive. Absolutely. The CCMA is expensive for most people, but compared to a court of law, it's relatively cheap. So there is some recourse that you can get. Uh, and if you're not certain about what to do, the best advice I can give to you is that if you have a, a, a labor issue, do not stand still. If you do nothing for a week, you've wasted a whole week. I mean, something happens to you today, tomorrow, get up, call the, the law clinic, even call an attorney quickly. Look him up, look up in the phone. You might get lucky. He might give you the time of day and give you a little bit of advice over the phone. But he'll probably tell you to go to the CCM. Although I think even the CCM is not... Um, immune to being critiqued you know what 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 Nemo explained earlier here is that employees are acting as lawyers and advocates in the CCMA for themselves you did say yourself they don't know what an opening statement is <laughs> they don't right. know what cross-examination right. yes, is yes. sometimes there's a language barrier you know you got a certificate of non-resolution from the arbitration that was taking place in your mm. workplace mm. and now here you are sitting in this big organi- corporate organization with these judges or commissioners and you're struggling to communicate your points across how much justice really is there in that process well you know like uh, like mr Masako said not every system is has got its flaws uh, but where an employee is not represented at the ccma what the commissioner ordinarily is obliged to do unlike in court in court a judge or a magistrate may not give legal advice to any party but what an what a commissioner a commissioner is, is doesn't have to be an attorney hey it's an ordinary man on the street who's trained to become a commissioner so they could be from any background they just get trained to become a commissioner what they're obliged to do when a person is unrepresented is to explain the process very clearly to that individual because they're unrepresented so they explain the process of conciliation and the consequences thereof if it's not resolved the certificate of resolution is uh, issued to them they should issue it immediately and give it into the person's hand not wait and say it'll be sent to you um, and that is also explained that you may apply for arbitration as well and at arbitration when arbitration happens the commissioner if the party if the employee is unrepresented the employee should explain to the the, the uh, to the to the commissioner should explain to the employee exactly what the process is and where possible the the commissioner should even actually um, not assist, but to, for example, ask certain questions to clarify certain things that an employee may not know how to ask, okay? Because ultimately, the information being gleaned is for the commissioner to make a decision. So it's not all doom and gloom, okay? Hopefully. I mean, just to delve into this last little bit before we conclude our conversation tonight. Last week, we saw veteran sports anchor Robert Marawa, who tweeted by yes. that that he got an SMS telling him, "Don't show up." Yeah, and yeah. that was basically 
the termination of his employment contract. Yeah. How fair is that, especially considering that you can't say it was poor performance. Okay, we're assuming, I'm assuming. Yes. yes. Poor performance. <laughs> That's a real health, you know, incapacity, incompetence, in misconduct. But how fair is that, you know, the whole... I don't want you to come anymore and I'm going to send it via email, via SMS, via or, a tweet, yeah, via Facebook. Something like that, yeah. Listen, that is, I mean, that is cold as ice, that. I mean, it really is. But uh, there isn't a prescribed method of informing an employee of the termination of their contract, okay? Now, le- that doesn't mean that somebody can be fired via email or a letter or whatever the case may be uh they, they must still like our two guests explained to us there must be procedural fairness there must still be substantive fairness so there should be a hearing everything that we've discussed tonight but once the decision to dismiss somebody has been made how that's communicated to the individual doesn't isn't prescribed so it could be via an email to say well this is the outcome of your hearing Please don't come into work. You, you, you are explanation, Yana. <laughs> um, I mean, normally they would do. They would send you an explanation as to why you've been dismissed. But if they really don't want you there on the day, they can tell you, "Listen, please don't come in," and you'll get your letter later on. I don't know if Marawa has received the reasons why he was dismissed, and we don't know whether he was subjected to a hearing or not, and we don't know whether there was procedural fairness or that'll still develop. Hopefully, money can follow for the fact that I am now jobless on the spot. So I beg your pardon. I was just saying that I hope that because your earning capacity is kind of like being taken away, mm, then mm, mm. you know you can actually be compensated for that. By? I don't know. The worker was firing you. Who must compensate? All oh, right. Okay. Well, uh, often, often with the high-profile individuals like such as that, they're on a contract basis, and sometimes what the employer decides to do is to pay them out for the balance of the contract. Mm. Um, uh, so, but I mean, that's still like we discussed before. Doesn't negate the need for procedural fairness doesn't negate the need for substantive fairness but how, where, how they communicate the fact that you're dismissed that's the discretion of the employer yeah okay i think we did have an interesting topic tonight about unfair dismissals and i think there's still much that we know can be hmm. said about about this topic please yeah. do continue the conversation at on at law focus tweets whatever your thoughts are on the discussion that we've had and we will meet with you again next week so from our producer Simbarashe Honde our technical producer Gudrano Sirame as well as our law focus researchers Nelka Mamade Sisetu Zingelwa Khaleletsang Khami Happy and myself, Millicent Ndiveni. Thank you so much for tuning into Law Focus tonight. Good night. Thank you and good night. Bringing you the facts, handing you your rights. This is Law Focus. Law Focus Podcast.